And that, my friends, is how America was made great once again. Breaking at this hour, Jimmy Sangenberger is currently at the crossroads of politics and economics. Radio broadcaster master, now the celeb on the web. He's the smarty of the party. He's in cahoots with the grassroots. Jimmy at the Crossroads brings you thought-provoking commentary, hard-hitting interviews, original satire, and the best bumper music known to man. Jimmy at the Crossroads! Gonna talk money, gonna talk politics, we're for all generations, oh what a great mix I said. Gonna talk money, gonna talk politics, grateful all generations, oh what a great mix. I got Jimmy and the Crossroads, making sense out of nonsense. People want answers. They want to understand They come to the crossroads And Jimmy gives them the plan I said, gonna talk money Gonna talk politics Great for all generations Oh, what a great mix I got Jimmy at the crossroads Making sense out of nonsense Come on, Jimmy, what you got? my friends, and welcome to another edition of Jimmy at the Crossroads. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger, coming to you in partnership with the Washington Examiner, once again bringing engaging, intelligent talk, and as the man Biff Gore sings, doing our level best to make sense out of nonsense. So great to be with you on this Tuesday, the 28th of July, here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do youtube.com slash Jimmy at the Crossroads. Also on Twitter, follow me at Sang Center. You see it right on the screen there. Sang with an E, not an A, center on Twitter. As well as on Facebook, Jimmy Sangenberger Media Personality. That's at facebook.com slash Jimmy Sangenberger Pro. And Jimmy at the crossroads.com, your place to go for the shop, for all the content, for the Crossroads Club membership, and more. Plus, be sure to like, subscribe, follow all those good things for our friends at the Washington Examiner, at YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and at WashingtonExaminer.com. It is always a pleasure and a privilege to be with you here on. The program today, we are set to be joined by the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, which is now a focal point, as we've been talking about, in sort of the, the chaos and mayhem that have been sweeping the nation. We have talked here on this very program about what has happened in Denver and also a little bit yesterday of what's happened in Aurora, Colorado, and that's what we're going to focus on today. First, in just a moment, I will be joined by Mayor Mike Kaufman of Aurora, Colorado, as well as Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, who is former, formerly of the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department. Now, here on Jimmy at the Crossroads, one of the things that we have been talking about has been 
what happened in Denver, Colorado two Sundays ago on July 19th at an interruption, a disruption of a annual Law Enforcement Appreciation Day rally, the sixth annual event. I was there. We've talked about it. An organization called the Party for Socialism and Liberation spearheaded this particular attack in Denver, Colorado, the capital city. Today, we're going to focus in on a city that, well, its mayor says he does not want it to become like Portland. Aurora, Colorado, over the weekend, faced its own situation on Saturday, where the Aurora Municipal Court building was attacked. They took off plywood on the windows and destroyed numerous windows on those buildings. They also tried to direct traffic and turn them around, which is pretty stunning when you think about it. Today here on Jimmy at the Crossroads, I am very pleased to be joined by the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, and a former congressman for the 6th Congressional District of Colorado. Mike Kaufman joins me now here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Sir, welcome to the program. It's good to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. So before I show a little video of what took place on Saturday, you've come out with some strong words saying you do not want Aurora to become like Portland, Oregon. What do you mean by that, Mr. Mayor? Well, I think that um, the attitude in Portland is to let it burn. <laughs> That's not the attitude in, in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, uh, most of these protesters are from outside of our city and come in and uh, have done a, did a lot of damage uh, last Saturday night. And so uh, we are expecting another uh, major protest uh, next month. And so we want to make sure that we're prepared for it and that um, that damage doesn't happen again. Uh, they seem to be focused on attacking our courthouse and uh, did quite a bit of damage had it not been for police officers inside the courthouse. Uh, I think that they uh, really attempted to uh, quite frankly, uh, start a fire and burn it down. Uh, they did. Uh, there was a, a small fire, but it was easily put out inside. So I want to play cut 17. We're seeing a little bit of footage, but I want people to be able to hear as well what happened on Saturday night in Aurora, Colorado, which is the third largest city in the state of Colorado. I'm a resident of Aurora as well. And also it is a city of about nearly 400,000 people now. Take a look at some of what happened on Saturday night. By the way, that is not police turning cars around in that footage. This was Aurora, Colorado on Saturday. Uh, Mayor Mike Kaufman, what's going on? Because it doesn't seem like the police actually responded on Saturday when things went haywire. Well, there was a, you know, we had a, a protest on the 17th, 27th of June. Uh, and in that protest, there were about 
uh, over a thousand people, a little over a thousand people. Uh, probably 950 of them were were peaceful protesters that were um, there, um, you know, to for justice for uh, the tragic loss of Elijah McClain, uh, who um, died in uh, August of of last year um, uh, during uh, an altercation with uh, the police. Uh, the but in, in uh, June 27th, there were about 50 protesters out of that group uh, that that wanted a confrontation with uh, police that were violent. But there and the police did intervene in that, tried to separate the 50 from the 950. And that the strategy didn't work well. We got some some very bad press out of it. I think that what happened was uh, perhaps there was an overreaction this time in not using uh, any of the non-lethal munitions at their disposal. Um, but in this, we had about estimate of, of 500 uh, or more people show up uh, and about 150 stayed that were violent, um, that were very violent and sought uh, confrontation with the police um, uh, on the south side of our courthouse. The exterior was not defended uh, by the police. Uh, it's an exposed area. Uh, they tore down the plywood, took uh, sledgehammers, took crowbars uh, to the, the the plated glass uh, to to break it. So uh, we are estimating um, that the, at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars just to replace the glass alone. Also destroyed a fence in front of the police department, um, a, 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 a tall metal fence uh, for security purposes. And, and did uh, other damage. And so um, this is, I'm, you know, this is unfair to the taxpayers of our city. You clearly needed a balance between appropriate force and um, <clears throat> defending public property. And, and I think on, you know, last Saturday night, and I know I'm being an armchair quarterback <laughs> on, I guess on Monday morning, although it's Tuesday, but uh, we've got to do a better job in defending our property. We owe that to the taxpayers of the city. One thing that I noticed is that one of the one of the reported footage pieces from Quincy Snowden of the Sentinel, they were yelling F property, F property. They clearly don't care all that much about property, which is abundantly clear when they're destroying it. So this is a, a significant city in Colorado, third largest city in the state, 54th city, I believe, in the nation in terms of size. We are seeing this kind of violence and mayhem spread throughout the country. And I have to tell you, Mayor Kaufman, talking with a lot of people in Aurora, they're feeling very unsafe right now. They're worried about the impact this can have on the business community. I know that in the city of Aurora, the Gaylord Hotel is a recent addition to the community, and they're working on an expansion question is how many people are actually going to show up for conferences in a city when you constantly have reporting like this so the question that it comes down to i think for for the the leaders in aurora as well as portland and seattle and the rest of the country is what actions can and will be taken in order to get things under control well i think in some of those other major urban areas the the mayors are or i would say sympathetic uh to the protesters sympathetic and I, I really separate them out. When I say protesters in general, that's really not an accurate assessment mm -hmm. of, of who they are. I think that I do think the majority uh, are peaceful protesters that, that you know, want to articulate uh, their concerns, uh, 
their particular social grievance uh, justice and in the case of Aurora, uh, the tragic loss of Elijah McClain, I understand that. But I do think under cover of those protests, there is an element there that is that, that could care less about whatever social justice grievances uh, the, the broader group is there for. It is solely about violence. They are anarchists. They, there, there is an excitement in the air uh, when they band together. Uh, and and it's, it's for them, it is a, a license to destroy, uh, to, to bait the police into a confrontation. Um, I, I think these are people that have had relatively unsuccessful lives and, and, and this is something that gives them a purpose. And it, it's, it's tragic that they've gone in this direction. But uh, they should never be confused, I think, with the majority of the people that are out there uh, that, that are there for a particular purpose. Their only purpose is, is to destroy for, well, Mayor- for, this, for this element. Yeah, again, we're talking with Mayor Mike Kaufman of Aurora, Colorado, just a few minutes left with you, sir. And one of the things that was so striking to me is the way in which they were controlling traffic that night. I mean, we literally had these so-called protesters who were turning people around, debating where intersections should begin and end and things like that. I mean, this is a job for police, not for a ragtag band of, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call these people who were trying maybe to prevent people from getting into where the violence was happening. I don't know what, what the timing was of this. But what about the police action in the area? Because I I'm bet that there are a lot of sure. drivers there who are pretty frustrated at having to been turned around and not by police. So have you spoken with the chief of police and what's going on there? What's the progress? Well, let me just say, so their objective uh, was to go <clears throat> eastbound on Alameda Avenue and then go to I-225, excuse me, and to block traffic both ways on I-225 to use that to send a message. Um, we don't appreciate that. Uh, however, <coughs> excuse me, in the scheme of things, compared to the other activities uh, that, that they're engaged in, uh, what the police did uh, in that particular instance was to secure uh, that area in I-225 from traffic uh, in order to allow them to demonstrate for a short period of time uh, and then to move on. And so uh, I, it's still under investigation as to what occurred and why <clears throat> uh, vehicles had gotten through. Uh, and, and, and there was then an altercation uh, with a vehicle driving through, uh, trying to, uh, you know, driving through, um, obviously from the standpoint of the, the protesters, uh, that it was a malicious act uh, by the driver. Uh, and there were uh, injuries with one person uh, jumping over um, the uh, elevated uh, highway. Uh, and there was one protester who uh, was armed and, and uh, we understand at least uh, fired six times at the vehicle, I think hitting it once or twice. We know that it flattened one of the vehicle tires and also it injured uh, two um, of the protesters. And uh, uh, so that's all under investigation. Uh, but uh, in, in the scheme of things, uh, I think uh, we get that they're going to do it. We understand that. 
Uh, we do our best to divert traffic as a city right. when they're doing that. Um, in the scheme of things, compared to um, just attacking our courthouse, you know, I you know I just assume have them do that. Um, but um, um, they're going to be would, back I, uh, I, in I late August, and, and uh, sure, but we want to be prepared. Yeah, I, I would I would certainly have them do none of it, of course. Uh, and and Mr. Mayor Mayor Mike Kaufman, just a couple. Final quick questions because I know we got to let you go, and I appreciate Please. your time okay. today here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, one of the things that I was noticing is that yes, there were some police checkpoints turning cars around and whatnot, but there were also these so-called protesters actually controlling streets, which I found absolutely stunning to see in some of these videos. And it goes to the point in the question of what police are doing or not doing in these cities. I do think there's an overcorrection because of some of the incidents that have happened in the past. But in your conversations with the interim chief and in your exploration of what the police are doing and what they're going to do moving forward, what do you expect may may take place, especially when we do get to August? Well, let me just say the police, our interim police chief was not there at the briefing last night because uh, we had a shooting incident whereby uh, two officers were wounded in the line of duty. Uh, there is a spike in violent crime in Denver and Aurora, and they were working on a joint task force to try to stem that violence. And so uh, my prayers are with them and their families. Uh, uh, but they, they, fortunately, they, they are not life-threatening uh, injuries. And so we had a uh, briefing instead by uh, one of the deputy uh, city managers uh, as to the, the incidents. And so, you know, we are learning as we're going. Um, your, was there an overcorrection? Uh, yeah, uh, in this, uh, I think so. And but um, we have an obligation to the taxpayers of the city um, to um, protect uh, our public property, to protect our courthouse, mm-hmm. and we will do that on on the, when uh, there is they come back the next time. And I believe that uh, in the next um, protest will be much larger. Uh, and, and Mayor Mike Kaufman, I appreciate your time. Aurora seems to be a microcosm or a growing example now of how this violence and mayhem is spreading across the country from Portland and Seattle onto Denver and Aurora. What do you make of the current climate and what needs to happen in order to tamp things down? Well, I think, um, uh, first of all, I, in terms of addressing the issues that they mentioned, I, I believe that uh, we are moving forward and uh, you know no institution with human fingerprints on it is ever going to be perfect and uh, our police have made mistakes and and we're working through that moving forward making reforms um, but we can never compromise public safety in moving forward and um, you know i i've always said uh, from this from something that i learned in my 21 year military career uh was from a national security point, standpoint, vi- uh, um, weakness invites aggression. Mm. And so, in other words, if if you portray yourself as weak, you 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 merely um, increase the chances of being attacked. Mm. Uh, and so, and I think that's where we are. And so, I think we we have to demonstrate strength and resolve yeah. and a commitment uh, to to defend our courthouse. <laughs> it is, you know, it's it, it is clearly a symbol. Uh, of of our city of of justice of a rule of law, yeah. and and I will not let it be destroyed.
Aurora, Colorado, Mayor Aurora Mike Hoffman. Aurora will not become a Portland. <laughs> well, well said. I completely agree with that, sir. And I just mm-hmm. want to show one picture. Nathan Matusha, we can put this up. A decade ago, I was interning for you in your congressional <laughs> office. This is 10 years ago. This was the last day of my internship in your district office, and we had a, a meeting right. in there. And my, how time flies. That was 10 yeah. summers ago. Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman, good to see you, sir. Thanks for taking the time today to join us. And best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, Mike Kaufman, joining us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads, talking about how weakness invites aggression. And we need a, it seems like you need to address things with greater fervency, that we need the police to be able to do their job, to not do these overcorrections that we seem to have seen. And it sounds like they're still figuring out what will happen in terms of the response when they anticipate another flare-up next month. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to talk a little bit about Elijah McClain and how that has been handled. That is at least the root of what's happening here in Aurora, Colorado, and Denver, Colorado as well, where there was a young black man who was killed in the hands of police Almost a year ago, on I believe it was August 23rd, 2019, and so these protests are calling for justice for Elijah McClain, although I think when we get to the violence, and Mayor Kaufman made this pretty clear as well, when we get to the violent aspects of what's going on, they're just using Elijah McClain as cover, and they're really using his death in vain by sowing these seeds of chaos and mayhem and destruction. Let's show the footage one more time because remember, people are focusing on Portland and Seattle and Chicago and New York City and Atlanta. But then here in Denver, Colorado, you have explosions that are taking place when they show up with fireworks at these so-called protests when it gets dark. And there they're trying to, the protesters who were trying to control traffic there apparently on the highway, And, you know, you have these fireworks. We're now seeing them on the screen there. That's, I believe, near the municipal building in Aurora, Colorado. But this just keeps going on and on and spreading around the country. And that's why we want to focus on parts outside of the Beltway. And I happen to be here in Colorado, so I have very intimate knowledge, especially of Aurora, which is the city where I live. I will also note, and I believe we mentioned it yesterday, that there is an organization called the Party for Socialism and Liberation. This radical Marxist group led that disruption, the attack on last weekend's, two weekends ago now, rally in downtown Denver, Colorado at Civic Center Park that we have been talking about. They also organized the protest on Saturday and... It appears the the violence, the chaotic situation that went on, the attack on public property that took place on Saturday in Aurora, Colorado, and two members of the Aurora City Council, Juan Marcano and Allison Coombs, are both members of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Marcano happens to be my Aurora City Councilman. It is certainly a tenuous situation, too, for police when you have an organization engaging in this kind of behavior and you have two members 
of that organization who are on the city council, which, by the way, the city council is the body that selects the next chief of police because we currently have an interim chief in Aurora. I'm not sure how many other cities around the country in Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland, wherever else, how many of them have out and out socialists involved in these kinds of organizations on their city councils. But I'm betting that Aurora, Colorado is not the only one and everybody needs to be mindful of that. We're going to take a break here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. When we come back, we'll get some analysis of the current situation from a man who has extensive experience in law enforcement. Stephen Rogers is a retired lieutenant of the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department. He is also someone who served on the National Joint Counterterrorism Task Force and is a former military intelligence officer. We're going to talk with Stephen Rogers, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, coming up next here on Jimmy at the Crossroads to get some analysis. Don't go anywhere. We've got lots more coming up. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get you back to your host of the Crossroads, Mr. Sang Style. He's set to show us the right of the right, like always. Jimmy Sangerberger, folks. Yes, indeed, folks. Always shining the light of the right here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Welcome back to the program. Good to be with you in partnership with the Washington Examiner. Thanks so much for joining us, being a part of today's program. My thanks again to Aurora, Colorado Mayor Mike Kaufman for joining us. By the way, a former congressman from the 6th Congressional District giving us his thoughts on what's happening in Aurora, Colorado and across the country as chaos, mayhem, and violence continue seemingly unabated in many parts of the country. Let's dive into this topic with some analysis from someone who really understands law enforcement and is helping to lead the charge against the rise of socialism here in the United States of America. Lieutenant Stephen Rogers rejoins us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. For years, he was in the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department as a lieutenant, ultimately, as well as on the FBI National Joint counterterrorism task force in addition he founded and helps run the campaign for america and is a retired military officer as well and he joins us now here on the program lieutenant rogers welcome back to the show my pleasure thank you it's great to have you on although once again we're talking about the tension and the chaos that just for months now has been enveloping our country. And as I've been pointing out and highlighting my state of Colorado and what's happening in Denver, the largest city and its third largest city of Aurora, what we've been seeing in Seattle and Portland and Chicago and other big cities is happening in surprising places around the country. And I'm wondering to start things off, what's your overall sense is for things right now? Well, Jimmy, I'm not surprised, and I'll uh, clearly uh, tell you why. Uh, this is history repeating itself, but to a greater magnitude. Back in the 60s, then actor and future president Ronald Reagan warned us that this day would come. 
He fought the socialists and the communists that infiltrated into Hollywood, warned us that if they weren't put in check, they were going to come into our educational system, our corporations, our unions, and envelop every single part of our lives. So he defeated them. He defeated the Soviet Communist Party in the 80s when he was president. They were sent into the Ashman of history. However, from the time President Trump left office to the time President I'm sorry, President Reagan left office and the time President Trump entered office, the uh, watchmen, if you will, on the tower, which should be our elected officials, simply weren't watching. And the Democrat socialists began their march again. But they ran into the brick wall, which is President Trump, who now warns us, as Ronald Reagan warned us, that they're coming and they are coming very, very aggressively. So there's a little history. And now we are where we are today because no one was watching, but now we have a president watching and is doing the best he could to not only stop them, but to defeat, to, uh, defeat them. Yeah, I think that your reference of Reagan in the 60s is very apropos right now in, in our time. And I think we, we need to understand that this is not something new in in all of the sense of the word new in some ways it's new in other ways we've seen this story before we've at least seen some predecessors to this but what's so stunning is how brazen these people are i want to show you a clip here lieutenant stephen rogers of last sunday at a pro-police rally demonstration in downtown denver colorado when i was there for the sixth time, it was it's an annual Law Enforcement Appreciation Day event, and we were actually swarmed and disrupted by Antifa and the Party for Socialism and Liberation and Black Lives Matter radicals. And I just want to give you a taste of how this swarm began so you can see how brazen they are across the country. In a matter of five minutes, they shut everything down, and we finally got to that point there with the music stopping. This was in downtown Denver, Colorado, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers. It's not just a Portland and Seattle thing. Well, you're right. It's not only Denver now. It's just about every city, every town, and perhaps even in the suburbs, this is going to come if it isn't stopped. But, Jimmy, you just said something very, very important. Uh, when you said that, well, some things are new and some things aren't new mm -hmm. from the Reagan era. What is new and why these people are being emboldened is because during the time of Reagan, we didn't have politicians taking a knee. We didn't have corporations placating these individuals. We didn't have the United States Congress opposing President Reagan. Today, those elected officials taking a knee and all that I just shared with you from corporations to sports, etc., they have actually emboldened these people to do what they are set out to do. And what is unfortunate is this. Again, another warning in history from Reagan. 
Although we may not believe they're at war with us, they know they're at war with us and they're acting as warriors. So what we have to do is act as warriors ourselves. And that doesn't mean to go out and confront them violently, but that means to go out and do what we must to remove them, meaning those elected officials from office. And you do that in November. Got to get rid of all of them. That's how you get rid of their power. And then things do change. But there's a difference, Jimmy. Everybody stood up for America. Now we've got, looks like, a good number of elected officials and others in America taking a knee. Yeah. And not just taking a knee, in some cases, active participants. I mentioned Aurora, Colorado. We talked with Mayor Mike Kaufman in the last segment. And one thing that's been so striking to me is that we have a few members of the Aurora City Council who are outright socialists themselves. A couple of them actually have worn the socialist rose as a pin in their official photographs, and they're involved in the socialist, uh, this this party for socialism and liberation that not only helped to organize last weekend's riot or two weekends ago, the, the riot uh, attack on pro-police rally Colorado, the 6th Annual Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, but over the weekend in Aurora, Colorado, and I want to get your reaction to this, they started, let's do cut nine here, they started busting up windows, tearing down the plywood that was uh, protecting the municipal court building and just absolutely devastating it. Take a listen to this. And also, they went ahead and took control of intersections in, again, Aurora, Colorado. And you can see here, they are literally, these are not police officers. These are socialist extremists literally turning around traffic. Police threatened to make arrests. They said that they would use gas on protesters, as so-called protesters, as they were rioting and destroying public property. I mean, this, is, this is insane, and this is happening across the country, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, and seemingly unabated. Well, it's unabated because the Democrat socialists in office are ordering their police to stand down. But keep in mind that that uh, tune may change as it changed with Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago. Now, here's a woman who ordered the police to stand down, stand down. And then the protesters turned on her and they were marching up her street to her neighborhood. She dialed 911. And unfortunately, the police responded. But I know they have to do their job. But this movement, this uh, socialist and now what is bordering on a communist movement, once it gets into the suburbs, you're going to see things change, unless unless the president of the United States continues to do what he's doing to send federal law enforcement officers in. But I got to tell you, Jimmy, what's frightening, if this continues in the magnitude that I believe it's going to continue, we might see martial law imposed, something none of us want to see. But this is totally mm-hmm. out of control. And uh, let, let's hope to God it doesn't get to that point. 
I remember several weeks back now, time flies, I had you and a number of other guests on my 710 KNUS radio show, and each one of you was thinking that we could get to a point where martial law may be declared, which is a very frightening prospect here in the United States of America. Lieutenant Rogers, one thing that I'm looking at right now is what seems to be an over overcorrection on the part of some of these police offices, police departments, where you have seen violations, Aurora, Colorado, and Denver, you've seen some excessive force used uh, by police in certain circumstances, some instances where they didn't act, I would even say appropriately in terms of how to address particular issues, but then they overcorrect and they suddenly decide, nope, we're not gonna respond at all in these kinds of instances, which just, I think, emboldens the extremists to say, okay, well, we could just keep doing what we're doing and we're going to be able to get away with it without any sort of consequences to our actions. What do you what do you make of, of that idea of like an overcorrection in a lot of these police departments where you have chiefs that are saying, you know, we got to be very cautious here, especially, but not always, but especially guided by politicians who've politicized police departments? Well, Jim, in defense of the police, I'll never defend these politicians. They should be giving the police their equipment that they need in order to uh, put these uh, anarchists down. But when police officers are stripped of the equipment they need, the tools they need, the weapons they need to defend themselves, uh, what do we expect them to do? So they've employed a new policing methodology called tactical retreat. And indeed, they're retreating. This is what the politicians want, so the police are retreating. And it's unfortunate, but I've got to tell you, I've been on the front lines with these cops. You got people throwing bricks at you, acid, uh, firebombs like they did in New York, and the police are left with what? A pad and a pencil. That's what they're being asked to do, to engage and talk to these terrorists. Well, you know what? For their own sake, they got to go home at night to their wife and kids. I don't blame them. Walk away and let them tear to shreds everything down until these politicians wake up. It's sad, but that's what we've come to. And this is why, Jim, you see what we're seeing today happen. Again, we're talking with retired police lieutenant from Nutley, New Jersey, Steve Rogers, joining us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. I want to talk about something in terms of this extreme agenda that they're pushing here. There is, have you seen the eight to abolition where they want to not just defund the police, but demilitarize communities, they say, which means disarming police altogether, remove police from school, free people from prisons and jails, repeal laws that criminalize survival, invest in community self-governance, provide safe, accessible housing for everyone, and fully invest in care, not cops. I assume you could figure where they're going with each of these warm and fuzzy ideas, but this is the extremism of the agenda. Well, not can I only assume where they're going, but I do know where it's come from. Yes. Uh, we, you do a little investigation, do, you do a little background check, and you find out that the Chinese Communist Party could be very well uh, involved in financing some of these people. We know George Soros is. I mean, he's an anti-American. But there, in my view, based on certain uh, dots I'm connecting, is that there is some foreign influence here. So we have to keep in mind that this is no longer about or racism, no longer about so-called police brutality. It's about destroying the United States of America, destroying this capitalist, wonderful, uh, free country and replace it with a socialist government. So as soon as people wake up and realize that, then just maybe, just maybe we're going to hit back and hit back hard. But that's where it's coming from. And where it's going is it's going to become a socialist country in due time if we don't hit and hit back hard now. 
Now, let's talk about the role of the federal government and what President Trump can do. We're seeing Operation Legend in some cities across the country, but my understanding is that they're pretty limited in what they can do, particularly to protecting federal property and so forth. What can you tell us about the latitude or the ability for President Trump and the administration to actually address this, especially in cities where the leaders are feckless and unwilling to address the concerns? It's a very good question, and uh, people need to be a little bit educated on this. Mm -hmm. The United States military cannot be deployed by uh, law. They cannot be deployed into these cities. Uh, So what the president has done is he's sending federal law enforcement officers in these cities to protect federal buildings, federal property. He's also extended the rules of engagement to arrest criminals. Now, the ideal is to work closely with the local police. Some places they are. Most places they're not because of the Democrat socialists don't want their cops working with the federal officers. So he is limited to that extent. Now, saying that, when everything truly starts to burn down and fall apart, he will probably work with the governors to get the uh, National Guard authorized uh, to come in and to do what must be done in order to address these problems. So he's truly he is limited in what he uh, can do at this point. Yeah, and let's take a look at some of the footage that we've got here from Seattle and from Portland, a little bit of a a mix of footage, because one of the things that's so striking to me, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, is how chaotic the situation has really become. Uh, I showed some footage a moment ago of Aurora, Colorado, where you had uh, these radicals who now think that they literally own the streets turning people around at these different intersections and they're burning buildings, they are destroying businesses still. And we are months removed now from what happened to George Floyd and and that atrocious murder in Minneapolis, Minnesota, now at a point where we shouldn't be seeing this. I mean, not that we should have seen this kind of chaos before, Lieutenant, but especially now at this point in time, we should be well past what we're seeing there from this past weekend in Portland and Seattle. Bring up because this no longer has anything to do with George Floyd, has nothing to do with uh, racial inequality, has nothing to do with uh, so-called police brutality, everything to do with a socialist agenda being advanced by the Democrat Socialist Party. And this is going to go on and on and on. And I'll tell you, I shudder to think what's going to happen in November. President Trump's going to be reelected. Could you imagine, Jimmy, what's going to take place on the streets of this country? So and that therein lies the whole point. Uh, Look at what happened to George Floyd universally. I, I don't I haven't talked to a person that does not agree with the fact that those cops should have been arrested immediately. Absolutely. That was pure murder. No question about it. But what a moment in time we had. We all came together and we were agreed on one thing. But the movement of Black Lives Matter was hijacked by anarchists, was hijacked by socialists and communists. And now we're not fighting anybody anymore but those individuals, meaning that the Communist Party of the United States, the Socialist Party of the United States and their surrogates. And finally, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers, where can we reasonably expect to go from here over the course of the next month or two in cities? And especially if it expands, as you're pointing out, and I believe that 
It is entirely possible that it could be expanding out of the suburbs, but especially if it does extend out into the suburbs. I mean, this is this is a serious crisis. And, you know, some point to say 1968 and the riots that we had then, there were a few parts of the country, a few cities where we had riots in 1968 as a result, especially of a couple of tragic assassinations. But nowadays, in this year of 2020, this kind of madness is happening all across the country, and it seems every corner of the nation. Well, we're at war, as Reagan warned us. We're at war with communists and socialists. Where do we go from here? Well, the only thing we can do right now is hope that individuals that are elected to office, especially Republicans, and Jimmy, I, look, I'm a Republican. I've been very I want to know where my elected officials I want to know in mass the Republican Party elected officials need to stand up uh, very publicly with the president, who has, seems to be the only guy standing up and fighting to save this country, they need a unified force to hit back. And you make uh, sure that you, you have people uh, on the mayoral level and city level to do what Mayor Giuliani did in New York. I'll tell you, he took grief from no one. He got his cops in there and they cleaned that mess up immediately. And then the, the most important step is in November, Jimmy, get people out to vote. That's what we do in this country in a peaceful, lawful manner. We, we take complete control of our government. We take America back in November by reelecting the president and turning that Congress to completely over to the Republican Party. Uh, just actually one quick final question that came to mind since you're mentioning the election here. There are a lot of people who are saying, OK, this has got to be a law and order election because of all the mayhem that we're seeing across the country that you and I are discussing today. But others say, no, this is going to be the COVID-19 election. And that works in Joe Biden's favor. How do you think it breaks down in terms of the top issues in the coming several months? It is going to be an election about the survival of the United States of America, mm. period. And law and order is a big part of that, making sure that we keep our freedoms, our liberties. So I would say, Jimmy, we wrap it up by saying this is an election about the survival of the United States of America. Very strong and affirmative words there from you, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers. Great to check in with you again, my friend. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us and Jimmy at the Crossroads today. Jimmy, my pleasure, and I urge people to keep our nation in prayer. There's still a God above. Let's never forget that. Absolutely. Amen to that, brother. Take care. Once again, Lieutenant Stephen Rogers giving us expert insights here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. And I have to tell you, I think he really has his finger on the pulse of what's happening in America right now. Well, that is it for us today. My thanks once again to Mayor Mike Kaufman of Aurora, Colorado, and to Lieutenant Stephen Rogers for joining us here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. Also to producer extraordinaire Nathan Matouche, once again working the Matouche magic here on the show. To our friends and partners at the Washington Examiner, and speaking of the Examiner, tomorrow is Washington Examiner Wednesday. Don't miss it. We'll have a special guest from the Examiner, plus... U.S. Senator Cory Gardner will join us for a very special interview. Do not miss it. All tomorrow, Wednesday, here on Jimmy at the Crossroads. In the meantime, stay well, stay healthy, and stay safe. And may God bless America. <laughs>